This is Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Be sure and subscribe for free so that you don't miss an episode. For more information, visit our website, equipradio.org. Chris Brooks here, and I want to thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Did you know that we are funded by the generosity of listeners just like you? Would you help us finish this month strong? Just call 888-644-4144 or give at equipradio.org. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome to another exciting edition of Equip with Chris Brooks. I'm so thrilled that you joined us today. Can you do me a favor? Strap on your seatbelt. We're going to navigate through the contours of culture, as always, with the lens of the biblical worldview on. But before we do that, let me remind you, this is the day that the Lord has made. He has given it as a gift so that you and I can rejoice and be glad in it. So let's do just that. Let's follow the words of the Apostle Paul. Let's rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And with that, I welcome you into what will be a very helpful and healing edition of Equip. Today, we're going to talk about surviving a toxic family. What do you do when the challenges of your life, the traumas of your life, and yes, even the abuses of your life come from those who are closest to you, come from your family? Some of you know what it's like to be a part of a toxic family. And today we pray that you're going to find help, hope, and healing in this conversation. I'm so excited about my guest as well. But before we get to all of that, uh, I do want to ask your grace in uh, dealing with my voice. I got a little bit of a cold going on. So that uh, normally uh, melodic baritone voice you're used to is going to be a little bit more baritone today. I've been joking with friends saying I feel like I sound like Kermit the Frog, but uh, hopefully you can enjoy the content and endure the voice today. But I'm so excited to be with you on this last day of November. Now, this is an important day. It's an important day because it is the last day of November, which represents a few milestones. Uh, It means that uh, tomorrow we're going to be kicking off Advent season fully, and we're going to talk about that. How do you prepare your heart? For Christmas, how do you prepare your heart and those around you uh, in expectation, eagerly awaiting and celebrating the arrival of Christ and what it meant for the Son of God to step into the world? So we'll talk about that. It's going to be a rich, rich month. But I want to celebrate the month that that was. I'm so grateful that over this past month, we've been able to do so much. In addition to the conversations we have daily and the resources we feature daily, Uh, with our guests, there's three things that I'm really, really proud of that I'm grateful that we were able to do. Number one is our partnership with Bible League. This month, we partnered with Bible League, and I think the total amount of Bibles that we sent to places all around the world, in particular restricted uh, countries that have limited access to the gospel, we sent about 50,000 Bibles into countries around the world, and uh, and that in large part because of your generosity. So I want to say thank you for that. I am so committed to the Word of God. I believe that the Scriptures provide us with the wisdom we need in order to please God, fulfill His mission and purpose for our lives, and to bring transformation <clears throat> Excuse me, to the hearts of others. And, um, and so sending the Word of God, there's no greater gift that you can give to others. And uh, Equipped is committed to that. I'm also grateful that we were able to do our webinar this month. You know, quarterly, 
we tackle some big topics in our webinar. And this month, our webinar was Overcoming Church Hurt and Surviving Spiritual Abuse. And that was such a needed topic. 37% of those who are disengaged from the church site, that is the reason why. And uh, you, you helped us to do that. And I want to say thank you for that. And I'm also grateful uh, through uh, relationships with uh, leaders like Ray Ortland and Sam Alberry that we were able to help pastors this month, really encouraging pastors. And I'd be remiss if I didn't close by saying I am so grateful for the resource that we featured this month, The Four Habits of Joy-Filled People, How Brain Science and Good Theology Helps Us to Live Joy-Filled Lives. Marcus Warner and Chris Corsi helped us with that. Equipped is committed to providing resources, uh, Christ-centered content, um, and encouragement to you every day. And I hope it's making an impact on your life. With that said, as we close this this month, and we got one day, that's today, um, I do uh, pray and ask for your help in finishing strong from a budgetary perspective. We, we give to ministries like Equip because we're committed to funding the gospel. We give to ministries like Equip because it's our joy to partner, and we know on the other side of that obedience, lives are being changed for Christ and for his kingdom. We can look at the world and lament all we want, the brokenness of it. We can lament all we want, uh, the unraveling of culture and society, or we can do something about it. And when you partner with us, it is pushing back the darkness and it's advancing the light. Currently, um, the testimony is, is that uh, this has been a great month of generosity. Now, with that being said, we are still $1,800 away uh, from our budgeted goal. And this is the last day of the month for us to be able to hit that goal. So this is an all hands on deck moment. I would ask that as God would give you grace today, that you would call with a gift of any amount that you can do, your, your best gift. That's a $25 gift, a $50 gift, a $100 gift. But if you can dial this number, 888-644-4144, I would love your help in cutting into this deficit. Now, in order for us to get there, what I know is that we're going to need to have one or two anchor gifts. That's a $500 gift or a $1,000 gift. And that would, uh, I'm sure, help us to meet the goal and, and maybe even put us over. And so everyone, all hands on deck, gifts, great or small, if you can call now, 888-644-4144. I, I just say thank you in advance. But if one or two of you could call and say, I could be that anchor gift of $500 or I could be that anchor gift of $1,000, man, from the bottom of my heart, I want to say thank you. And I know what it means. I know yesterday on our program, we had a 15-year-old call as we talked about the impact of social media and the new studies that have come out from internal documents and Instagram and Facebook and how it's impacting in particular young girls. And to hear a 15-year-old call and say, I'm so glad you're talking about this because of what Instagram did to me. I'm telling you, that's the type of breakthrough that I'm grateful for. Uh, a 24-year-old dad called and said, I got a 10-month-old son, and uh, we're just getting started on this journey, but this is helping me so much. You're making that happen. So if you can call now, 888-644-4144. Thank you for that. Also the website, equipradio.org. Final statement on this, and that is 
please, if you're new to the program and you're just checking this out, feel no pressure to give. Your listening is gift enough. Um, this appeal is really to those who have listened and have been blessed and have been encouraged and you have uh, seen the credibility and faithfulness of the ministry. If that's you, please uh, give what you can. All hands on deck, 888-644-4144. Today, we're going to talk about um, one of the most important topics in this season where families are gathering. I think that it's in this season where we realize and feel the brunt of the toxicity that exists in many of our families. All of our families have some level of dysfunctionality, some level of brokenness, because we're all humans that reflect the fall. And to help us navigate this conversation is a friend of the program, Dr. Deb Gordon. I couldn't respect her more for more than 14 years. Dr. Gordon has um, worked as a clinical psychologist. Uh, she's the founding president of Civ uh, Consultation. Uh, she has her MA in psychology, her uh, PhD in clinical psychology from Fuller Graduate School of Psychology, and uh, again, has just counseled many, many uh, individuals and families through uh, the journey of, of healing, restoration, and redemption. Uh, Dr. Gordon, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm in the same boat, so hopefully both of us keep our voices for the show today. <laughs> hey, I, first off, I just want to say thank you for being willing to talk about this topic because it, it's it, this is not a topic you talk about in a detached way. All of us have our own personal and very intimate um, aspects of our family life that reveal some level of brokenness, and no doubt we'll get into a lot of it. Uh, for both you and, and me. Um, I listened to an episode of Becoming Well podcast that um, you just helped to uh, navigate so well. Uh, and um, your dad had joined you for this particular episode. Uh, you call your dad the GOAT, and I think that that <laughs> is an appropriate title. Uh, 35 years he practiced therapy and uh, was a pastor as well. But in this, you, you just talked about navigating toxic relationships within the family. So let's just start basic. How would you just kind of uh, layman working definition of a, of a toxic family relationship or a toxic family? How do you know when you got just garden variety, um, you know, fallenness versus something that is much more severe? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, and I love that we can speak about it from a biblical lens because to me a huge part of it is when those around us, our family members, our loved ones, are not interacting with us in a way that reflects God's image, which we're all going to do, right? We live in a broken yes. world. But when we think about it as a repeating, enduring pattern, something that really cuts to our sense of self-worth, creates a, a lack of safety, um, you know, outside of things that are, are very obvious, like physical and verbal and emotional abuse, toxicity can occur, you know, when, when people are um, interacting with you and, and talking to you in ways that are dismissive or um, narcissistic, arrogant, uh, those kind of things. And if they happen repeatedly over and over again, those create those toxic seeds that just uh, root into the soil of our families and really can create a lot of havoc. And like you said, this time of year in particular, when people are um, 
you know, yeah. looking at what, what they're seeing on social media, what they're seeing in, you know, movies and TV shows and the Hallmark Channel. It, it can so easily remind them of the family they desired but don't have. Yeah, and I think, too, there are certain relationships that uh, that are unavoidable this time of year. If I'm going to go see, for some, if you're going to go see mom and dad, you're going to bump into that brother or sister, you know. If you're going to be at the dinner table, you're going to have to interact with some people, and it, and, and it may be hard, and it may be one of those moments where you feel like, I wish I could avoid it. So that leads to, <clears throat> excuse me, again, uh, another obvious question, and that is, Dr. Gordon, why not just walk away? Mm. Why not just cut off people? You know, sometimes that is the answer, but I'm not going to we're not I'm not going to say that for this particular question. In situations where there's toxicity, but your safety, your your physical, um your emotional, your your mental health safety are still intact, um we need to work on restoration and repair. If God is telling us that that is still possible, and I'm not talking about putting yourself in an unsafe situation, and I really want to emphasize that because I think sometimes we misinterpret passages of the Bible to to tell us that we have to forsake any of our own sense of well-being in order to repair a relationship. But if you yeah. feel like you have the support system, the boundaries around yourself to maintain a sense of um, safety and a sense of self, then God may be calling you to step into the possibility of restoration in a relationship. And I think it's really important that we seek out his wisdom and guidance in that as well. Um, But again, also, and this is one of, I think, the healthy coping strategies, which I know we're going to get into, leaning on a support system that can speak truth, but also validate your experience and your feelings in your life is really important as you navigate those types of relationships. No, that's a really good answer. And I think what you didn't say is equally as valuable as what you did say. And and what I'm going to do is in the second half of this conversation, I really am wanting to press into what a, what is a, a healthy view of forgiveness, a healthy view of um, of reconciliation, because you're right. I think we can misinterpret um, Scripture in, in so many ways. And, and sometimes, and I'll take culpability for all pastors out there, sometimes we teach um, what I would call toxic forgiveness, a forgiveness that almost enables and doesn't deal with the issues and does uh, at times put us in harm's way to continue the sinful patterns that you talked about earlier, abuse, harming someone's self-worth, lack of safety, those types of things. But let's just press into toxic relationships a little bit deeper because I want to lay a foundation here. Um, So we're going to take a break, but when we come back, one of the things I want to talk about, Dr. Gordon, is how does being raised in a toxic family affect our present-day relationships? I want to make sure that we understand that the past doesn't stay in the past, that it impacts us today. I want to pause for a moment and say thank you to those of you who are supporting and giving to the program. Thank you to Judith, Santos, Joan, Today is an all-hands-on-deck day. If we're going to hit our budgetary goal and have a testimony of good financial stewardship, we need you to call 888-644-4144. I believe that today is also going to be a day of help, hope, and healing. Dr. Deb Gordon is our guest. Don't go anywhere. Much more to come next up on Equip.
possible to have joy even when life is hard? And the four habits of joy-filled people, Marcus Warner and Chris Corsi, show us how to build habits that will fill our lives with joy and satisfaction every day. Based on the latest neuroscience, this book is practical and easy to understand and provides exercises and tools that can help you to live a joy-filled life. Request your copy today when you support Equip this month. Simply call 888-644-4144 or visit EquipRadio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. Maybe you know what it's like to live in a toxic family. Maybe you were raised in a home in which verbal abuse was uh, common to the culture of the home. Maybe you know what it's like to be married to somebody who continues to undermine your self-worth. Or maybe you've even experienced abuse at the hands of a family member. Today we're going to talk about recovering from family abuse and navigating through a toxic family. We want to take your phone calls at 877-548-3675. If we can pray with you, if we can offer wisdom, encouragement, guidance, and prayer, we want to do that. So the phone number to join the conversation is 877-LIVE-675. That's 877-548-3675. I'm joined today by a clinical psychologist, Dr. Deb Gordon, uh, who's joining me. Uh, Dr. Gordon, uh, we talked about what a toxic family is, what it, what it looks like, uh, but let's just talk about the adult who maybe was um, brought up in a very toxic home. Um, I said something before we went to break, that the past doesn't stay in the past. How does that impact us in adulthood and even presently? Yeah. And it definitely can, right? You think about, I know you have kids, and if you remember yeah. back to when they were infants uh, and, you know, you're holding them and you're, you're laughing and you're getting them to smile. And we learn social cues from our, our parents, our caregivers, our families of origin. Uh, but we learn a lot more from them, too. And so often what we learn is unconsciously integrated into how we navigate the world, especially at a young age, right? So you think about as an adult, if you've navigated toxic re- relationships in your family of origin growing up, it's not uncommon to react in a lot of different ways. But two main themes that I see is either seeking out, not intentionally, again, it's unconscious, but you're seeking out what's familiar. So you might see people in relationships that actually mirror the toxic families they come from. They might wow. seek out a partner that's critical or dismissive or, um, you know, utilizing power and authoritarian leadership over them in an unhealthy way. Um, and that can, you know, again, that, that that's what they know. And so it's not because they're wanting that in their life, but it's because it's just been an enduring pattern for so long. It's what's familiar. But on the flip side, you have people that can really become avoidant and anxious avoidant of relationships. So they can develop really unhealthy or avoidant attachment styles and perhaps um, get into, you know, short-term unhealthy relationships. Maybe they avoid healthy relationships and seek out unhealthy ones that they know aren't going to last, and they really struggle with things like loneliness and isolation. So I would say, you know, in, in terms of reflecting those toxic traits, those are those are two big things. And then, of course, you know, we we, we can also embrace 
challenges in our own communication styles and showing love. So even in a in a healthy relationship, we very may, may well not know how to deal with conflict. And so perhaps our style of conflict is to become attacking or to become overly critical because it's the only way that we've ever seen modeled for us in how to deal with things that are uncomfortable or um, or challenging. You know, as, as Dr. Gordon talks, uh, you know, I'm making notes and I would encourage you to do so as well. But I think this is one of those conversations, uh, Deb, where we should be looking in our own lives and saying, where do I see this, right? Yeah. And if you're finding yourself, man, reproducing the same toxicity that you lamented, that you were raised in or exposed to, uh, you find yourself reproducing that, man, that's a big red flag that I need, I need to address this. I need healing in, in, in some areas. Um, maybe even if you find yourself saying, I don't know how to show love to people. I don't even know how to receive love. It's interesting because a famous uh, uh, gospel artist, Kirk Franklin, released a, in June, he released a, his newest album called Father's Day, and he did a corresponding documentary about discovering that the man he thought was his father his whole life, it was a lie. Yeah. And he recently discovered who his real father was. And he talked about how that hindered his ability to be able to trust, to receive love, to give love. So, so what you're describing is, is real. Now, I want to separate, though, our culpability from somebody else's culpability. I've heard this statement before, and I'd love for you to comment on it, that while the abuse or the toxicity is not your fault, your healing is your responsibility. What do you think about that? That while the abuse or the toxicity may not have been my fault, that my healing is my responsibility. I and that is absolutely true. And it's a hard truth to navigate, right? Because a lot of people experience some pretty significant consequences from the toxicity that they navigated in childhood, young adulthood. And it's hard. It's hard to have to take ownership of the choices that you make as an adult. And yet, you know, I think about when you asked me the question, uh, how do we challenge or change these generational patterns? Of course, it me- immediately makes me think of the Old Testament. And I, I read through the Bible every year. And, and wow. I think I'm on my seventh, I'll be going into my seventh year of doing this. Wow. And every time I read through the kings, I still get disappointed. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you see one king and he, and he, 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 he makes selfish choices and he does destructive things. And then he passes away and his son comes into uh, the throne and he does the same thing. And every once in a while, there's a generational change agent. And I think that's what we're called to be. And that's what we have as a responsibility in healing is we think, okay, it's for me, but it's also for the generations that come after me. And to be able to own and be empowered by that, that healthy label, I think that you're a generational change agent. And there are examples of this that literally changed, not just one, not just 10, but millions of lives throughout biblical history, the impact that you can have by getting the support and reaching out to the people around you to to experience healing and change. 
we have no idea how far reaching that impact can be. It's so interesting because you uh, read the story of, of uh, Abraham, and at one point he lied about Sarah being his wife uh, because he was afraid of the repercussions of other men who would be attracted to her and maybe want to harm him. And then you read a little bit later, a few chapters later, that his son did the same thing with his wife. Yep. Right? And it just is a reminder to me that the issues I don't deal with in my life, they impact not only me, but my kids as well. And, and that's why we need to talk about this. That's why we need to, uh, to deal with this subject and, um, and really honestly be able to separate. Now, how do we, we got about a minute before a break, separate the difference between what I need to own and what I don't need to own, Deb? Yeah, and I think it's that piece of really, like you mentioned, I got to take an honest look at what's going on in my life now and what are some of the patterns that I experienced growing up and where do I need to practice and, and experience the practice of lament and grief, right? To, to grieve the loss of the family that I wanted but I didn't have and to grieve the impact of those behaviors on my life now. And then where do I need to take ownership and say, okay, these are the things I have within my control and I need to begin to work on these things so that these patterns don't endure in my life for my sake and my own healthiness, um, yes. but also for the generations to come for perhaps my kids or my family or the people that I influence in whatever capacity God has me. You're not responsible for the abuse. You're not responsible for the mistreatment you endure. You're not responsible for the toxicity that was uh, maybe inflicted upon you, but you are responsible for your healing. And today we want to help you to move towards healing. Dr. Deb Gordon is such a great resource, such a um, a valuable gift to the body of Christ. I'd like for you to find out more about her and the work that she does. You can go to our website, equipradio.org, and saw there in the guest bio. When we come back, we're going to talk about how to navigate manipulative relationships. What if you're in a relationship with somebody who throws temper tantrums, gives you the silent treatment, tries to control you financially? We're going to talk about that with Dr. Gordon and so much more after this. Hey there, friends. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. Today is a very important day. It's the last day of November. We wanted to make sure we not only talked about a very important topic, surviving uh, a toxic family, but we also wanted to celebrate what God has done throughout this month as a result of our partnership in the gospel. Earlier today, you may have heard me mention that because of our partnership uh, with the Bible League, we were able to send 50,000 Bibles to uh, various countries around the world that have been requesting Bibles, believers there that don't have access to them. Thank you for that. Uh, also, I'm so grateful for the webinar we were able to do on surviving spiritual abuse and overcoming church hurt. And I'm also grateful for the pastors we've been able to help. It's been a specific goal of mine to encourage your pastor uh, throughout this month. And we've been able to do that for many, many pastors while also spreading the message of a joy-filled life through our resource, uh, The Four Habits of a Joy-Filled Life. 
All that to say, those things are only possible, the resources, the guests, because of your generosity. So I want to say thank you for being generous, for God's grace expressed through your faithful generosity. I also want to make sure that we end this month well. And if we're going to end this month well with a testimony of spiritual impact and good financial stewardship, we do need your help in closing this month strong. Now, when we started today, uh, we were about $1,800 away from our budgeted goal for the month. Uh, thank you to those of you who have been giving. We're only about $1,500 away right now. So thank you to Robert, who um, partnered with us today from Ohio. Thank you to Selena in Illinois. Thank you to Judith in Ohio as well, Santos in Florida, and Joan in Tennessee. You guys are awesome. This is an all-hands-on-deck moment. So that means that your gift, great or small, uh, makes a huge impact. And it's not what we do individually when it comes to advancing the gospel that matters as much as what we do collectively. It is uh, each one doing our part, but together, the person who gives $25 and the person who gives $250 and the person who gives $2,500, all of it together is what God uses for his glory and for the good of many. And so today, can you give your best gift? That's a $25 gift or a $50 gift or a $100 gift. Or if you could be one of a few people who can give an anchor gift, a $500 or $1,000, that really, really will help us to get there. So the number to call, 888-644-4144. That's 888-644-4144. Or go to equipradio.org. I promise to keep you posted. But if you can call now, um, that would make such a huge difference and be a huge blessing. So thank you for that. Dr. Deb Gordon's my guest today. Deb has been practicing um, uh, therapy. She's uh, been a clinical psychologist for over 14 years. And uh, it's just such a huge blessing to the program. Deb, if you don't mind, I'm going to go to Christine. She's listening to our program in Tennessee. Christine, thank you so much for calling. Uh, what's your comment today? Well, I just wanted to know, um, thank you for taking my call, Chris. Um, I come from a family of women who the women before them were always told the women below them nothing they did was ever good enough. Mm. You weren't good enough. What you did wasn't good enough. You didn't do this good enough. So, unfortunately, I'm 75 years old. I raised my daughter like that. And I still cannot get over the fact that sometimes I'll go to do something and I won't do it because all I can hear, even though I have no control, is my dead mother going, you're not good enough. You didn't do that right. How come you're so stupid that you couldn't figure out how to do that? And I've tried and tried, and I prayed and I prayed, and it really just, I just don't, I just don't know how to fight it anymore. Yeah, well, first off, Christine, my heart breaks as I hear you, but I do want to commend you for having the courage to call in. Um, it's an act of courage and faith for you to even uh, pick up the phone and call, and I commend you for that. And I do believe it's God's desire to heal you. And I don't want you to give up hope for that healing. Dr. Gordon, what would you say to our dear sister? Um, Yes, I would echo exactly what you said, Chris, that thank you for 
for being so brave and calling in because I believe this story is one that a lot of people experience. Your testimony here is going to impact a lot of people. Um, I'm going to give a bit of a metaphor in how I would address this. So I grew up with a grandfather who was a wheat farmer. And when I was about 11, we were out in the fields one time. And it was like he knew exactly where to go to find the path that went back to the farmhouse. And I said, Grandpa, in my naive 11-year-old self, I said, what would we do if the, if the path back to the field house got planted on? And he said, well, Deb, this soil has been trodden on for so many years. It's just not conducive to receiving a seed to be planted. So we're okay. We're not going to lose the path. If we, wanted to, wow. if we wanted to replant this soil, we'd have to till it and we'd have to recultivate it for years. And, you know, that was my grandfather just speaking farm wisdom, but how biblical is it, right? And it's also true of our minds. It means that when we hear messages over and over and over again, they create a path. And it's not easy to redirect that path, but it's possible. But it takes intentionality. And it reminds me of what God's Word says in Philippians 4, 8. It says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about those things. And I'm also reminded of how God's Word says that we're called to renew our minds. And so my encouragement is when those thoughts come into your mind, Christine, and they are going to come, and it's okay, and you should grieve those thoughts. Acknowledge them, but then I want you to find a specific verse or a mention, or even using Philippians 4, 8, and 9, which says that you are lovely, you are admirable, you are made in God's image, that you replace whatever message your mom and, and the women in your life that endured their own toxicity that unfortunately they didn't, they didn't stop or they weren't able to heal in their generations. When those messages come in, you immediately replace them with a, a message of truth from God's word. And what you're doing in that is you're recultivating your own path. And over time, um, and we pray that it will be a miraculously short period of time, you can start to see that message be replaced with the truth of God's word. And the other thing is, I want to encourage you, there's never, there's, it's never too late to change. So even though that pattern might have endured into your own parenting, you still have the opportunity to reach out to your daughter and to remind her of all the things you know to be true in her own life about who God created her to be and begin to change that pattern for generations to come. You know, I, I want to say, man, everything Dr. Gordon just said, and, and that last thing you said, I think, Christine, is so important, and that is Dr. Gordon just connected a part of your healing to your ministry to your daughter. You still have time, and you still have opportunity. And I think that that ministry to your daughter needs to move beyond just apology um, and to doing your best to use your words to be a blessing to her. You know, words are, at times, they can be a curse, containers for a curse over us as we speak negative things over people's lives. Uh, we can be pronouncing, cursing on them, and, uh, and words can be a blessing as we pronounce a blessing over their lives. Do as best you can through the written word, a card, a text, an email, uh, through a verbal word, to affirm your daughter, to remind her she is fearfully and wonderfully made, to affirm your love for her, 
to let her know she is good enough and smart enough. And you, you may not be able to change everything, but that will contribute to your healing. Father, I, I thank you that you are able to separate us from harms of the past. I thank you for the gift of forgetfulness, that we don't remember every harmful thing that happened to us, that um, through your grace, some things are released from our memories. I pray for Christine that you would release her from even the memories of certain negative things that happened to her. And I pray, Lord, that you would begin to renew her mind according to your word and what you have said about her. And may what you have said about her uh, be the loudest voice in her heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Christine, thank you so much for calling. Uh, Dr. Gorton, what do you do when you are dealing with someone, and this is going to be a twofold question, dealing with somebody who's manipulative uh, in the relationship that will throw temper tantrums if they don't get their way, uh, the silent treatment, try to control you financially. What do you do in that? And then connected to that is what do you do with somebody who won't take correction? You're bringing to them, hey, this is unhealthy, and they won't accept correction. Yeah. Well, you described what I would say is a way of navigating manipulative relationships, and that's uh, they're, they kind of are acting like toddlers, right? The yeah. temper tantrums and, uh, you know, I, my, my youngest sibling is 18 years younger than me. So in some ways I feel like I raised a kid <laughs> and I remember <laughs> when he would throw a temper tantrum and I was embarrassed, you know, we'd be in the store or we'd be out at the pool and, and my mom sat me down and she said, you just got to ignore it and he'll wear himself out. <laughs> and so sometimes that's what you got to do, right? If it's, if, 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 the, if that person's trying to manipulate you and, it again, you're not in an unsimply emotionally, uh, mentally situation. Ignore the behavior. Don't give it the negative attention it's wanting. Now, if it's something where you're being taken advantage of, like you mentioned, financially or or in in another way, you might need to put some real serious boundaries, and you need to be real clear about that. Right? I am not going to do this. You may need to even go so far as to, if you're in a marriage relationship and you've got shared accounts, you may need to open up a separate account for the sake of your own financial safety and security, and to put money into that space to draw a real strict boundary there um because you know that those are some situations that can get real dangerous and real dark quickly um so how you navigate that like i said boundaries boundaries (laughs) yeah i mean you know i i heard a story a terrible story of a husband that uh if he was upset with his wife wouldn't wouldn't give her money for groceries and would um, just just freeze her out that way. And, you know, obviously that's, in my opinion, a form of abuse, and you have to take protective measures. But boundaries are so important. You don't have to participate in someone else's manipulation. And you, you can call it out Absolutely. as well. And I think that that's so important. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back, our last segment, and man, time flies when Deb Gordon comes by. Um, but when we come back, I want to talk about how we navigate our own triggers uh, because we've all brought baggage into every relationship we're in. That's true of me. That's true of you, all of us. And so 
what do we do to protect others around us from when we get triggered? I want to say thanks to Barbara from Indiana, Annette from Florida. Thank you for partnering with Equip today. Friends, we're only $1,300 away from our budgeted goal for this month. Um, radio time is an expensive endeavor, and it only makes sense if lives are being changed and impacted. And I know, and hopefully you do as well, that on the other side of your generosity, lives are being changed forever and for eternity. Call the number 888-644-4144 or go to equipradio.org. Hey there, friends, Chris Brooks here. You know, you may have recently heard me promoting our next program or even asking you to become a monthly partner, folks that we call equippers. But today I want to invite you to join something infinitely more important. Would you consider joining the family of God? You know, it may be possible that you've been listening to us talk about the Bible and the Christian life, but you've never really met Jesus personally. He longs to welcome you into his family and have a close relationship with you. You can surrender your life to him, accept his forgiveness, and start your journey with Jesus right now. I'd love to help you to take that first step. All you have to do is simply call 888-NEED-HIM. That's 888-NEED-HIM. Back to Equip with Chris Brooks. Dr. Deb Gordon is my guest today. We're talking about surviving a toxic family. How do you overcome family abuse? Um, this dovetails well with the webinar we did earlier this month on surviving spiritual abuse and overcoming church hurt. So I hope that uh, us taking multiple angles on this is helpful for you. Dr. Gordon, before I went to break, you know, I turned the, uh, <clears throat> I turned the mirror on myself, if you will, and uh, stopped looking out the window, start looking in the mirror. And, uh, you know, I recognize that I, I got my own triggers. And there are certain times where I respond on level 10 to something that requires a level two response. What do I do to recognize better my own triggers and how do I protect those around me? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I got two answers for this. One is so many of us that have gone through, and you kind of alluded to this earlier on in the show, that have gone through toxic relationships, haven't pursued our own healing. And you had mentioned at the start of the show, you know, what does it look like to actually move through forgiveness when you've navigated these yep. unhealthy and abusive relationships in your childhood? And, uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the GOAT because my dad, I think, has a really great model of forgiveness that he taught me. And, uh, and I think it, it really actually answers that question that you just posed because it brings us to a place of healing within our hearts. And that's modeled after Christ, right? Christ died for our sins on the cross. He extends that forgiveness to each and every one of us, but it's a reciprocal process. It requires us to confess with our mouth and believe with our hearts that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I think a lot of times we're navigating the outcome of these toxic relationships with family members who haven't come to us and taken ownership. And we go, how can forgiveness even be possible in a situation like that? And I do believe full forgiveness, the full, total, complete act of forgiveness requires uh, somebody to come and confess, just like the model of Christ, right? But we can emulate Christ in preparing our hearts to provide and give forgiveness should it be 
requested of us and and Mm. of those taking ownership. And in that process of healing our hearts and preparing ourselves to forgive, we're actually beginning to move into that space of then going, okay, hey, this was a result of these past painful experiences in my life. And this is the consequence of my life now. And these are the things I can start to take ownership over as they're related to how my how I impact the world around me now, how they're triggering me in these moments. It just makes it empowers us to really recognize what's in the past, uh, what was caused by others and what is ours to own now. So that's, I think, a really big piece is that forgiveness element of preparing our hearts to forgive. And then the second you know, oftentimes I don't I don't believe we actually take a lot of time to recognize how our emotions are affecting our body, our physical body. And, you know, you said I can go from zero to ten like that. Well, when you're angry, and I say you to anybody who's listening and navigates anger, I navigate anger, right? When when we get yes. angry, it's not that we just get angry and we just say things, but no, we feel it in our body. We might notice that um, our stomach gets really tight or our shoulders tense up or we start to feel a pounding in our forehead, in our temples. So actually being more aware of our physical body can be a really great way of preemptively noticing when we're triggered. And then we got to take a step back and we got to take some deep breaths. We maybe need to go on a walk. We maybe need to pull out scripture and meditate on some of those peaceful psalms that change our mindset and then step back into those spaces, those relationships, those conversations that we're triggering and say, hey, this is part of some of the things I'm dealing with that come from my family of origin but are still impacting me now. And I'm not perfect, but I'm going to take ownership and I'm going to try again. You know, I once saw a T-shirt that said "Jesus and coffee," <laughs> and uh, and I thought, man, that's a that's a that simplifies life, right? That that's clear. Mine says "Jesus I, and therapy." I was gonna say that is the T-shirt that we need to begin to market. You and I go into business together. Jesus and therapy. Yeah, I say that because I think this is the way that I want to close, and that is to say that so many of us are so busy. I'm a I'm a person whose life is full. So are you. And this season is a busy, busy time that we don't take time out to actually look at our own souls, to care for our own souls, to get in tune with our own stories so that we can see the patterns in our lives, the triggers in our lives. So let me encourage you to take and value therapy as an important part of your care for yourself your stewardship of your own life. We are not just meant to know God's truth. We're meant to embody it. And if we're going to integrate the truth into our lived lives, our lived experience, so often we need therapy to do that work of healing and integration. Dr. Gordon, thank you for carving out time to be with us today. It's so great to have you. Friends, thank you to Bobby from uh, Washington. Bobby, again, from Ohio. You guys are awesome. Thank you for partnering. Continue to do so at EquipRadio.org. Until we're together again next time. As always, remember, Equip with Chris Brooks is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.